Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whenever you are listening to this, my friends. Good that. Good that time of day. I am Tim from Ski Rex Media, welcoming you to another Ski Rex Media podcast. One that's going to seem, well, it's going to seem a little out of, out of a non-linear space, maybe. So here's the deal. Um, a few weeks ago, you know, I was at King Pine and uh, Gunstock for a big old media trip, January 18th, 19th, and 20th, and I was at both mountains for those three days, met a whole bunch of people, had a whole lot of fun, got to do an interview with um, Sean Taylor. He's the assistant GM and operations head over there at King Pine. Now, the thing is, I recorded with him and then I got to do another recording with Chris Setchell. He's the director of their ski school. So I did those at two different times. I did the interview with Sean on site at King Bind. I did the interview with Chris on a call later on. So it's not the most linear episode in the world. And you know me, I come correct. There's no reason for me to lie or try to fake it or whatever it is I'm doing, right? You know this. So it might come out a little non-linear, but that's okay. You're still going to have a fun program. I think you'll enjoy both of these. Very informative, a lot of fun, very interesting. Um, but to start, let's talk about places that aren't King Pine. Let's talk about Whaleback Mountain. Yes, Whaleback Mountain up in Enfield, New Hampshire, a small nonprofit ski area. What does that mean to you? Well, I don't know if that part means anything to you, but here's what should mean something to you is that it is awesome. I love Whaleback Mountain. Everybody knows it. I am a pass holder. I ski there a bunch. If you follow me on um, social media, you know I'm there a bunch a few times a week. The ticket prices are great. The terrain is great. If you want groomed stuff, they'll give you groomed. If you want natural, they'll give you natural. Not every trail has snowmaking. They have these amazing, bright, brand new LED lights on a bunch of their trails, so their night skiing is wonderful. It is wonderful. You can even be afraid of the dark, but there's plenty of lights around, so you're totally fine head on out there Enfield New Hampshire exit 16 off of I-89 it's the biggest game on the road there's other little businesses right there too on that exit but the big game is Whaleback shoot the road that it's on is called Whaleback Road if that's any indication Whaleback Mountain ski it to believe it also Let's talk about stuff you need to ride these mountains. I'm talking skis in my case. St. Custom Skis and Snowboards, also in New Hampshire, Gorham, New Hampshire. My buddy KJ and his dad Kevin can make custom skis and snowboards coming right out of New Hampshire. They will make them for you. You want a specific lift? A lift. You want a specific length? They'll do that. You want a specific width? They'll do that. You want specific graphics? They'll do that. They will help you out and get you exactly what you want for not a price. Well, for a price that's not much different than buying a pair off the rack. Really not. It's awesome. They'll make those for you. They'll get them to you. And then you can have your own unique pair of skis. St. Custom Snowboards and Skis. SaintSkis.com. Check them out when you have the opportunity. So now that the ad reads are out of the way, I'm still at King Pine. I was here all weekend, if well, not all weekend, during the week. If you heard, if you follow me on social media, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, doesn't matter, you know I was at King Pine for a couple days, having a lot of fun at a little mountain that's fantastic and a great place. But while I'm here, I get to talk to someone who, who does some stuff around here, who kind of works around here. Sean Taylor, sir, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Absolutely. Um, so let's let's we'll make it easy, like I do. Who are you, and what's your thing here? 
Uh, my name's Sean Taylor. I've been at this ski resort for 35 winters. Uh, oh. I've been year-round since 96. I really? started in the ski school, worked up through pretty much every department, and right now I'm the AGM operations manager. Very nice. So <laughs> you are... Now, the, again, the beautiful thing about people who have been in a ski resort long-term is that in 35 seasons, that's, that's a lot of seasons, man, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is that you have done everything and you've seen it grow. So King Pine, this small ski area, in 35 seasons, I mean, it is small, but you must have seen some some growth. Can you tell us about the growth? Uh, yeah, there's actually been a lot of growth. Um, we started out with two double chairlifts. Uh, two halls, one on the front, one on the back when I started here. A hall J-bar sure. for our beginner and a Borvik J-bar for our Pine Meadows learning area. Sure. Uh, since then, in 1987, they swapped the hall from the front side and put in a C-Tech triple. Sure. Um, next, they, in 96, where I started year-round, my first project was working on putting Powder Bear, our beginner triple up. Sure. And we also took the J-bar down and put our rope toe up. Wow. Um, after that, we started tubing over on our tubing hill using the J-bar. Mm -hmm. Then in about 2000, we introduced our conveyor for our learning area. Sure. Um, eventually, we changed the J-bar out for tubing to a handle toe. And in 2006, we swapped out the hall back chairlift for another C-Tech triple. Nice. So now we've got three C-Tech triples, a uh, fiber rope. A conveyor and a handle tow for tubing. See, and that's, I think that's great and very interesting, actually, and very informative in a way that, like, you hear about small mountains, and uh, I, I don't know, I still think there's some stereotype and stigma with the smaller places, and, you know, you don't expect to see much, and yet you got stuff all over this little place. Like, it's wonderful. What do you think about... Um, what do you think about this place as a mountain? Since you've been here and saw all this progression in lifts, I'm sure you've seen the progression in snowmaking as well. I mean, you got a great snowmaking. Yes, um, we actually don't remember what year it was. We swapped over from our diesel pumps sure. and compressors over to a full electric system. Um, we've got four um, electric compressor fan guns, and we have a whole lot of air water guns. Um, HKD, high efficiency, low E, so very efficient guns. Really? Um, increased our pipeline up to the top from a 6-inch to a 10-inch. Mm -hmm. So for the acreage, we have a very large firepower of snowmaking. You really do. In fact, I think Tom Prindle, shout out to Tom, uh, last night said, you all right now are 75%, which some people say, well, it's a small place. And I'd say, well, look around. Is anybody else at 75% this season? Uh, I'm not sure. The only other one that would not surprise me to be at 75% would be Pat's Peak. Okay. Uh, we, totally. we have a running game with Pat's Peak to see who can get 100% first in the state. <laughs> some years it's them, some years it's us. So it, It's true. Pat's Peak does a great job. I, I love that. Shout out to Pat's Peak as well. Um, the place, this place is great. I, I've said it a hundred times and I'll say it again, but that's me. I, I repeat myself a thousand times over. So the place is great. I love it already. And it, I've already seen such a a community feel, which you expect from a place like this. That not only from the people who are here, from the the people who work here, um, from lifties to a couple other just random employees that I worked at. Names escape me, so I apologize. But 
everybody is so friendly. And the first question, how's the skiing? Like that, that's a culture here, isn't it? Yep. Um, we actually pride ourselves in our conditions between our snowmaking and our groomers. Um, our head groomers got, I think, 36 years experience grooming. Nice. Um, started off in Adatash. Um, his name's Jake Jenkins and he came here, I'd say probably 12, 13 years ago. And you, you can see the difference out there. Uh, we've got a couple other groomers that do an excellent job on his days off. Yeah. I mean, walking, just walking over from the parking lot, it's, it, it's perfect. It, it looks like a snow carpet out there. It looks fantastic. Um, I, I thought about it. I was like, well, do I have enough time to real quick just run up the hill and just want to run? Uh, which I did not. So I did not do that. Um, but the first tracks would be incredible. Um, but it does look great. And you, you've you been here 35. Your head groomer's been here 36. Is that kind of the thing here? Like, everybody's been here for a while. Uh, we have a great retention with... Um, our core employees here, and a lot of that is because of the family feel sure. of this place. When I started in 96 putting that lift up, I was working side-by-side side with owner at that point, Bob Hoyt, sure. and his brother-in-law, Brian Hampton. Sure. Um, they were out there every day and night working side-by-side side with you. Yeah. Family takes a lot of pride in their property, and they work with you. So I think that's a big reason a lot of people sure. kept coming back. Sure, and uh, we were listening to Tom Eastman, a local here and a uh, NASDAQ member, ski historian, great guy to listen to. If you can ever get Tom talking, and he does appear to love to talk, man, he will tell you about things, and he knows stuff. Like, I can't remember any of that stuff, uh, but he can. In fact, he can tell you the years that all these lists went into, uh, just like Sean can. Uh, I won't be able to, so mark this recording if you want to know that stuff. Um that seemed, but Tom was saying that's one of the things that the Voigt family has prided themselves on is making everybody else family. Like if you're here and you're working side by side, you are now inducted. And you obviously yep. have felt the same way. Yep. And not only that, but they give back to the community in large ways. Sure. Um, we do the Cynthia's Challenge, raising money for um, <clears throat> disabled skiers. Um, we have the uh, Mahoney Foundation. Sure. Or epilepsy and seizures and raise money for that with a pond hockey, Halloween town. It's a year round type thing. It's not only during the winter. Sure. But they do give back to the community in a big way. Plus, we do our school programs here. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I saw all the kids here yesterday. Um, just, you know, one group come in, do their thing, out, next group come in. It was it was quite the system. It was yep. quite the pipeline of kids. Um, you know, that's interesting to me because. Small mountain, but is just so involved. Like it feels so much bigger than it is with the with the way again the community that's centered around it, the family vibe, and how much the mountain does. Um, it, it really seems like it can step toe to toe with any big guy out there. Is that would you, would you agree with that? Um, our conditions, yes. Our terrain, maybe not, but our customer service, I think we could blow most of them out of the water. I would agree with that. I would agree with that 100%. Like I was saying, everybody here knows what they're doing and was spot on, man. Like, I didn't see a single person, like, just doing nothing. Like, everybody was doing something. It it was great. Um, so we're having a bit of a challenging winter, but you, again, 75% over. You, you all could bring it to the table. Um, do you think... Do you think you're going to get 100? 
Um, I'm in hopes of being 100 by the end of the month. By the end of the month. And that still gives you a couple months, yeah. you know, especially yeah. if you get one of those late February. Depending on what Mother Nature does, she hasn't been very nice this year. But, sure. you know, we're getting a nice storm tonight into tomorrow. We'll probably be going again Saturday night. Sure. The end of next week looks real good for a run. Absolutely. It's going to be beautiful here. I suggest you come out and check it out. If you're anywhere near King Pines, Gary, a run over. Again, it's the tickets aren't super expensive. Um, indie allied. So if you're an indie pass holder, you get, what is it, 40 or 50 during the week and then like a quarter off on the weekend is what it is. But it is 40 or 50 during the week. I can never remember which. Um, shout out Doug Vish. Um, love the guy too. Awesome indie pass for forever. Now, uh, <laughs> if we're not even partnered, man, we just talk. And, uh, but I, I do like the guy that much. I do like the product that much. So does, as operations person, this is something that I had a question, and it, I feel like it's a stupid question, so we'll see. Now, can it was somebody came up with driving over here. I'm like, geez, you know, some people would say a smaller mountain is at a disadvantage for some things, maybe marketing, maybe notoriety, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, you don't really need those things if you're built around a community, which this place is. But is the smaller place an advantage when it comes to operations, like pumping out snow, having the people, you know, you hear about the big places like, we have no one to work for us, these kind of things. There there are advantages to being small. And since I have an operations person, that I, I want to ask. Uh, yeah, there's definitely advantages to being small. Um, we don't ever have a wind hold like you'd see at Wildcat or at sure. Ash. You know, they're larger, they're up in the notches and stuff. Uh, we don't have the rye mice other big areas have, so we're able to get our lifts up and running on time. Sure. Um, we don't have those type of operational issues uh, with the lifts running, so that's a big advantage, especially where we're sheltered here. Sure. Um, as for staff, we're just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, staff shortages are shortages, but we have multiple staff that work different departments, Everyone just pitches in to make a day work. Sure. So uh, that's how we get away with any staff shortages we may have. That, fair enough. Yeah, I, I have to say, I don't know if someone was just swiping jackets yesterday or swapping jackets for the fun of it, uh, but at your top shack on this lift right out the window here, um, there were patrollers in there watching the top of the lift and banging out the ramp. I was like, all right, dude, I'm with that. That's cool. Yep. Uh, that's actually how we run that one particular lift. Uh, we run our dispatch right out of the top of the lift, and they control the top of the lift for us. Um, if they get too busy, we'll send a lift attendant up to cover them so they can go out and get on the hill and do what they do. Wow, so that's like their territory, because when you get to the top of the lift, you got the shack on the left, and then on the right, you have the ski patrol building, the hut, the shack, and everybody calls it something different. That's like their territory, man. That's their land. They've claimed it. Yep, that's pretty the- much. That's awesome. I love it. Shout out to Ski Patrol, man. Thank a Ski Patroller. That's awesome, man. With everybody doing everything, and again, I, I think I'm going to come back to the community. I saw people, I, I would imagine, we're close to Maine, so I saw a few Maine uh, license plates, a uh, ton of New Hampshire's. Are, or do you know if ma- the majority of the people who come through here, and I assume they are, are locals? Uh, midweek, most definitely. Sure. They're locals. Uh, weekends, uh, we do get a lot of tourists coming up from uh, Mass, Rhode Island, Connecticut area, which sure. we welcome them coming up to enjoy the skiing we have. Uh, but the majority is 
locals midweek, and I'd say probably at least 30% on the weekends of locals. Nice. Yeah, this is a totally locals place, I felt like. That's why I had to ask, um, because I felt out of place. I'm sitting out there in my car yesterday. was parked out there, and uh, at one point when all the school kids left, my car was alone, and because I ended up parking by the buses. This is the time I got here. Parking lot was filling up, and there's my little Vermont license plate out there, and I'm like, wow, I am... I am a, I'm an, I'm an intruder. I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. Where am I? This is in, you know, Saskatoon. Where am I? But worth the drive. Beautiful area, too, I might add, with the Purity Spring Resort within walking distance. Like, you could do it. Oh, yeah. A lot of people do walk down to the resort who are staying up here for meals. Yep. Uh, but we've also got um, snowshoe trails mm-hmm. and once we get some more snow we'll have some cross country trails out and about that go all through Peary Spring and through the Audubon. Sure. Um, and our skating rink should be open this weekend. Yeah. Um, our main skating guys get ready to fire the Zamboni up and go groom the ice. So nice. Um, a lot of our amenities are starting to kick in now that we're starting to get the weather. Sure. Absolutely. And that is another cool part about this area. King Pine, Purity Spring, is that it has a good, good, like, if you come here, you get everything you want. And that's the beauty. I love being able to say that about the smaller places. You got the cool resort. I stayed in one of the rooms last night. It was gorgeous. Um, you got the cool um, ice rink right across the way, which is a natural ice rink. Yep. Cool. Um, so that's naturalized kids. That's not like, um, what are they putting, like the Teflon or whatever they use? Nope. Just spraying water on the concrete, letting it freeze. There you go. Awesome. Um, and then you have um, Nordic and Snowshoe. Do you do the fat biking out there, too? Uh, yes, we do allow fat bikes out there when the conditions are right for them. Yeah, and it looks like it's a pretty decent network of trails. And, in fact, on the trail map, um, I guess sometimes it goes, acro- when when it's safe, goes across the lake as well. Yes, it does. That's awesome. Right now, it just goes around the lake and back over. Sure. Once we do have enough ice, there are two uh, actually, three lake crossings. Three lake crossings? Yep. Wow, that's cool. And it's not the biggest lake in the world, which is fine, too. But it does look nice. And being able, I don't know, I think it's great anytime a trail can go across a lake, whether it's snowshoe hiking, um, cross-country, um, bat bike, whatever it is. Or if you're into the Nordic skating thing, I don't know if that's a thing on your lake. Not really. No. Okay, yeah, you see that sometimes where... You get out and you groom off the um, the ice, and you can just do miles and miles and miles on skates. Um, all groomed, I assume, or partly groomed in Nordic? Uh, yeah, groomed with a uh, drag behind a snow wheel. Nice. So, depending depend on what the condition of the snow is, is how well the grooming is. You know, we're in New England, so yeah. unless you go out there with a large groomer, you're not going to have a perfect, perfect condition every day. Sure. But, hey. But it's New England. Yeah, it's New England, and that's part of the fun, man. Um, people love when things aren't necessarily groomed up, whether it be Alpine or Nordic or whatever it is. I mean, there's places that brag about it. You know, we have three groomed trails and the rest is just whatever. Now, do you have between your Nordic and the Alpine, is it all groomed or is it only a little groomed since I brought it up? Uh, Alpine is pretty much all groomed. Occasionally we'll have one side of a trail bump up for moguls okay steeper trails sure but other than that it's groomed pretty much side to side nice and when the conditions are right um all the nordic is groomed oh very good 
So when you come out here, you can get it all, and that includes tubing as well. And that that you know that's built. I, I assume you gotta you know make. Uh, well, I I didn't really look at it. It's, it's right here again. This is one contained place for those listening here at King Pike. That's one of the beauties of it. Like it's something that I mean, you can say anything is contained, but if you go to like Killington. You know, if you park down at the Skyship, you got to drive five miles around to get to the main base. Here, you can walk less than a half a mile, maybe a half a mile at most, and that's nothing. I mean, there's days I don't want to walk 20 feet either, <laughs> but it's right there. The, the um, So it's all self-contained. It's right here, and that's beautiful. And what I was getting at, because of, you know, I was saying, even though it's self-contained, I saw the tubing hill. I didn't look to see how it was built because some places build tracks. Some people just have a big open thing. What do you got going? Uh, we we have three lanes. Okay, for the tubing, um, and they come down, go up onto a berm, and we have an inflatable stop at the bottom. Sure, uh, for the safety of it, and you know we got people out there spinning the tubes and everything. So, um, we people usually have a whole lot of fun over at tubing. Yeah, and it's something that anyone can do. Yeah. They come to a ski area, not sure if you want to have a lesson to learn how to snowboard or ski or anything like that, you can always go to it. Absolutely you can. And and speaking of what you can and can't do, and again, it also speaks to the being contained as a like a one contained unit. We're full service here, rentals, everything, lessons, all the whole nine. Yep. Awesome. Um, so it's now I don't know if that's part of the marketing. Or anything else, but do, do, do you, is that a selling point for this place? Like, again, people think, well, if you go to these giant places, that'll have everything. I was like, well, it might, but you might have to work for it. Here, this is a self-contained, small unit, beautiful, wonderful, park the car, that's it. Is that a selling point? In my opinion, that is a selling point. Sure. I mean, when my child was young, we went to races at some of these other big areas, and you know, you got to go all over the place. The yeah. desk is over there. The race is over there. You're running all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be able to come here. You get your ticket. You walk 100 yards. You get your rentals. Walk 50 yards. You get your ski school and your lifts right there. Yeah. Nice, quick, and easy, and um, real good for the little kids to learn. We got a lot of small children who learn here that come back and work either in the ski school or rental or patrol. You know, they grow up at the area, and then they come back and work for us. There you go. So once you're here, you're here. Not in that creepy way in that there was a horror movie from the 80s. Once you got to the town, you couldn't leave. It was weird. But um, here, it's it, it's you, you stay because you want to. And, uh, you know, I've heard that several times, too. People have talked about it. they were here as a child. And uh, whether it be through the, um, again, names are escaping me, but there is... Um, if you read to the history place, they they run a boys camp here, and then there's also a winter program as well. Yeah, uh, correct. Call me a pog in the ski camp. That's right. And those people went. Th- there were people who went through that, and now their kids are coming through that, and now their kids are coming through that. Everybody comes back. Yep. We've actually gone out there, and we've seen. Let's see, great grandparents with grandparents, parents and child all skiing together. There you go. Four, so four generations coming down the hill all together. That's a beautiful thing, man. That is awesome. That's the best part about these places. It doesn't feel, again, I, I, I feel like I'm getting into hater stuff, and I'm not. I'm not being a hater. I love other places too, but a place like this, it feels genuine. It feels real when you have four generations of people who just keep coming 
and then come back, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure people leave the area, they go to the city for a while, and they come back, yeah? Oh, yeah. It's awesome, man. It's a beautiful place. It obviously suckered you in and has kept you here, and you've done everything. Now, one of the things I like to ask people who are working up as you get to management and you get to the top spot in management, which, hey, Sean might be there one day. You never know. One of the things I always say is, when, especially in the ski industry, the, the higher up you go, you get an office, but you're not in it. You're doing stuff. We talked to Tim Smith. He likes to do operations when he's not being the boss. Uh, Hathaway down, Jeff Hathaway down at Magic. I think he likes parking when he's not being the boss. You do everything. What's, now, you are in operations, but what, as you, again, I'm sure you do t- 10, 20 jobs a day. Pretty much. Pretty much. What's your favorite? <laughs> uh, my favorite is shoot shooting and lift problem. Okay. I spent years as one lift mechanics into the lead lift mechanic. Um, so if the lift goes down, that's where I like to go. Awesome. See? And that's what I tell you. Everybody has a favorite. Now, when you do that, now, again, your lifts are pretty, they're not, um, they're not old lifts. Not really, not, because I've seen some lifts out there that are still 100 years old. Um, not super modern. Some of these robots they got that will, the computer does all the work. If that was an option, and again, I don't think that's something you'd need here, but again, I don't know what I'm talking about. But if they if if the if the powers that be said, Hey Sean, man, we're we're gonna upgrade this triple to a quad and it's gonna be one of these robots, would you prefer to like please just leave my lift or Um, I would say please leave my lift. One of the reasons is as you get into the high speed quads and stuff, yeah, now you're increasing your capacity on the hill. And I think with the three triples we have, our hill capacity holds that very well. We stop putting more people on the hill, it'd be more crowded, and we'd lose some of the skiing experience. See, now that's an interesting point, because I've heard that point before. People are like, yeah, you know, uh, these fours and sixes and eights are great, but then everybody's on trail. There's no spreading out. That's a very real thing. Yep. Um, It does relieve your lift line a lot. Sure. But... Then you get up on the hill and you not experience the joy of being able to ski freely. Yeah. It's more like you got to keep looking over your shoulders and everywhere. And so I think what we have for our capacity here is just right for the size of our mountain. Yeah. You hit that great balance between less low lift lines and low on mountain, which is wonderful. And again, some of these trails are pretty uh, wide, I, I think. And so you got, you really do have a balance with the, uh, with, with the people on hill versus um what you have in a lift line. Like, I was here yesterday skiing. Wonderful mountain again. I can't say enough good things about the place. But I don't I don't think I have a... I, I was skiing to the chair. Like, coming er, right past it and just pulling up to the lift. Like, I didn't stop. Yeah. Like, it's wonderful here. Like, that, that's a common thing here. Uh, midweek, that's very common. Sure. We, weekends, you'll have to stand for, you know, a couple minutes. But sure. not long. Yeah. Um, but midweek, you can pretty much ski right up. Absolutely. It's so cool, man. I love this place. Now, do you get to ski it as much as you would like? Not anymore. Not anymore. No, when I was on patrol, I skied 40 hours a week. Oh, there you go. Yep. <laughs> okay, so maybe I want to go back to patrol instead. <laughs> there you go. Go back to patrol. Uh, so you were a patroller too? Yep. Wow, you really have done it all. Is there anything here you haven't done? Uh, bartend. Bartend. There you go. That's a rough job anyway. <laughs> I, you know, I, I talk to bartenders. They're like, you want a drink? I'm like, no, I don't. You have other people who actually do it and you need it. Man, that is awesome. This place is so cool. 
I love it. Uh, you apparently love it. Everybody seems to love it. And 60 years, man, what do you, what do you think? You think you could put in another 60? Uh, not me personally, but I think yeah. the resort can. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Pretty sure. Hey, I mean, everybody's got to retire sometime, but then you'll get back out on the mountain more. Exactly. That's awesome, man. You'll do it. Excellent. See that you come here, you learn here, you work here, you retire here, and then maybe they let you spread your ashes out on the mountain they parking here. I don't know. I don't mean to get so dark, man. Awesome. Uh, what else? Anything else you want to get into about this place, man? Uh, I think I like a little story about snowboarding back in its inception around here. Okay, there you go. Um, I was one of a few first snowboarders here in the ski school sure. and the owner at the time bob hoyt mm -hmm. did not agree with snowboarding just like the whole industry sure so we got bob hoyt to take a lesson oh nice bob hoyt snowboarded more than skied after that that's awesome so we converted the owner and then that lessened the issue of having snowboarders on the hill oh that's so cool dude that's awesome, and that's actually kind of interesting, because back in that day, man, every mountain was against it, or they had, like, a trail, yep. or half a trail, and... Or the snowboarder had to go through the ski school to prove they could turn and stop before they were allowed on the hill. True, yes. It was a whole... It was an interesting thing to watch, especially, like, that's a great story to tell, because, like, the kids today, shout out to the kids, but, you know, they just come out. Yep. You know, like it's been here all along. And that's not true. It has not been here all along. Um, and you converted Bob Hoyt. That's great. Take that, Tom Eastman. Did you know that one? <laughs> I love Tom. He's a great guy. Um, that's awesome. So you do ride. You ride more than the ski. Uh, no. I, I used to. Used to. Yep. That's cool. Well, I, I'll put a board on once or twice a year yep. just to be able to still do it. Fair enough. Man, you are about one of the most well-rounded folks in in the biz, man, that I've talked to in a while. Snowboard, ski, ops, patrol, you name it, not bartending. That's okay. Who knows how to make any of those drinks anyway? I need the book. Uh, man, this is great, dude. This is awesome, and you clearly love it. Um, so everybody who's out there, come check it out, man. It's awesome out here in Madison, New Hampshire. Beautiful country out here. Great drive. I was driving here from the other side of the state in Vermont. And just coming through lake towns and stuff. The area is gorgeous. Yes. Um, let's see. What is it? Kingpine.com? Kingpineski.com? I can't Kingpine remember. Kingpine.com. Kingpine.com. Um, you can buy your tickets. You can get all the information you want. Kingpine Ski Area on all the social medias. Um, links will be in the description, so you'll be able to find it very easily. Um, let's see here. What else? Purity Spring Resort right up the road. Again, it's all... In fact... Let's let's bump that a little bit here. Not only is the resort itself and where our rooms were for the media group within walking distance down the road half a mile, there's you could stay here on top or around the sides. I don't know how the lodge is set up, but there's rooms here in the Bay yeah, Lodge. There is slope side rooms here. There you go. Ski on, ski off, and then you can watch too. Yep. That's incredible. This place is so awesome, Sean. Thank you very much, dude. I love this place. Not a problem. Excellent, excellent. So we'll uh, we'll let Sean get on with his day. Thank you, sir. No problem. Thank you.
We're going to do a double dose this weekend or this week, this weekend. This comes out on a Wednesday. Definitely not a weekend. Um, we're going to do a double dose this week. We're going to keep going with King Pine. We're talking to a second person. Now we're going away from operations and how the mountain operates to someone who works within the mountain over there at King Pine. It's wonderful. Chris Setchell, how are you, sir? I'm doing just great. Uh, had a really nice powder day on uh, on Monday, so I'm feeling all all good and fired up. Absolutely. A little behind the scenes for you. I am not recording this at King Pine like I did with Sean. I am recording this with Chris after all the snow, and we're looking at more snow in the coming day. Uh, so a little behind the scenes for you. I try to make it sound, you know, like it's all one thing, but that's fine. Everybody knows it's not. This is the future. We do whatever we want. Now, Chris up there at King Pine, he teaches people how to ski, but he doesn't just do that. He does. He's the boss guy when it comes to that. Why don't you uh, give him a give give the audience a rundown of uh, who you are and what you do over there at King Pine, please? Yeah. So I'm the snow sports director. So the uh, all the ski and snowboard instructors uh, work for me, as does the race uh, the, our race coaches. And we also run a Pioneer Race League, which is a recreational race league for all ages. And that that group also report to me. So I'm responsible for all the sort of skier training instruction interactions. Excellent. So if someone needs to come and learn how to do it, you're the guy to end up talking to, or at least someone who's below you. Yeah, one of myself or one of my team. Awesome. Now... You come from quite the background, and uh, you were telling me this when we were uh, on the chair at King Pine, which I love. Again, I haven't said enough good things about this little ski area. I, I really dug it while I was there. Um, but you've been around the world, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I've been pretty lucky with my career uh, in skiing. Uh, started out in Canada. I'm Canadian. Um, started out uh, uh, racing and coaching in Canada. Uh, got uh, certifications both as a race coach and as a ski instructor in Canada. We moved to the U.S. I started working as a race coach uh, in the U.S. I'm a USSA level 300 coach, which is a fairly highly certified coach. Um, then I got the opportunity to work within the Vail system as a ski school director, uh, have all sorts of certifications, which I won't bore you with. <laughs> um, and uh, worked on uh, PSIA, which is Professional Ski Instructors of America, Ed Staff. Uh, I've also worked as a ski school director in New Zealand. Uh, we've been living uh, in Europe for the last uh, five years, four years. Uh, and there I both uh, coached for the Danish um, national team, uh, but also was the program director which is the person who runs the uh, Danish U, uh, U16 and U18 national teams. So, yeah, I've, um, <laughs> I've been really, really lucky uh, to enjoy skiing all over the world and, um, and, and hopefully encourage people to enjoy it as well. Absolutely. Clearly, Chris is the guy you want to talk to. If you don't know how to do it, or even if you do know how to do it, I know how to do it. And I would have loved to let him show me a few, uh, a few things. Um, I'm okay, but you know, to have someone at that level teach you. So if you've been around the world and you've taught and you've coached and you have all this certification, what is it like then to move from that to just this little hill and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean that in a very literal way. A very small ski area in the lake areas of New Hampshire. What is that like to go from that big wide world to drop down to King Pine? 
I think it's uh, actually fantastic because, uh, and I, I wish I knew had this uh, report, but the uh, National Ski Areas Association did a report uh, a few years ago, and um, what they found was the vast majority, and again, I don't remember the numbers, but let's say it's sure. 70 or 80% or whatever it was, uh, of people learn to ski on ski hills just like King Pine. And our logo, our slogan is, it all starts here. And that's very true. Uh, and so for me, uh, you know, my goal, whether it's when I've worked with uh, elite athletes or whether I've worked with, you know, teaching beginner skiers, um, I've never, uh, you know, my goal has always been that they leave whatever interaction they have sure. loving the sport. And Absolutely. so we do that at King Pine. And I, I think um, the other thing is that, you know, we it is a, in vertical distance. It's a small place. Sure. But we have some pretty serious pitches at King, Club, King Pine. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, really real serious pitches. And uh, you can challenge yourself uh, quite effectively <laughs> at King Pine. And in fact, one of the things I want to introduce next year uh, as a product is uh conquering the steeps because a lot of people are really afraid when it gets really steep and we luckily have some very intimidating steeps but they're not so long and we could teach people how to conquer them so you know it's a little hill but with a ton of potential absolutely and that's actually very interesting uh wanting to teach specific to the steeps now there was only one really open the day i was there um and it's a pretty banging trail like it's 300 foot but it's 300 foot with a wicked with a wicked pitch and uh if you don't see it coming it, it could throw you it, it's a fun trail like we all went down it um a couple times a few times actually we, we were over there a lot but there were a couple more that were even more steep that weren't open that are just the right. And forgive me, I, I can't ever remember trail names no matter where I go. I don't know. I just left or right. I don't know. Um, I'm not one of those guys who can look at the trail, a blank trail map and say, this is that, this is this, 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 this anywhere in the world. I can't do it. Um, but that's really interesting. And it's really interesting to me because personally, the steeper it gets, the uglier my technique gets. And I never feel like I'm doing it right. Not that I'm afraid to do it, but it would be awesome to have someone say, well, all right, you're pretty good over here, but here's where you need to fix it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, whether we're teaching beginners or we're teaching, you know, experienced skiers, it's, you know, the whole thing is how can I expand that person's uh, sort of plate or smorgasbord of runs that they can go down? So sure. the other day I gave, you know, I, I don't usually give that many lessons because i'm more running the place uh the show as far as ski school goes but uh, the other day there was a, a woman i'd say she was like i don't know 30 or something sure. um very uh, just lacking confidence and mm. um on green trails right sure and as soon as you talk them through there's a bunch of, i mean obviously psychology like how do we yeah. create an environment where that person is confident and then there's obviously technique, right? Yeah. Which we have to, you know, work with and work on. And then there's tactics. So, you know, for this woman, I just said, okay, here's the thing. If you panic, we'll turn uphill. And what happens when you turn uphill? You stop or slow down, right? Sure. 
I said, hey, that's all we have to do. Just remember, anything goes wrong, turn uphill. And by the end of it, we were getting pretty close. So she started as a not very experienced sort of wedge turner. And by the end, we were uh, relatively confidently skiing blue terrain with something closing in on a um, uh, parallel uh, ski. Nice. And, and, and I, actually, the day you were there, I, mm -hmm. um, I taught, I think I told you, I taught this 76-year-old man who had That's the one been, I wanted. Yeah, it was a <laughs> super cool experience. This guy's 76. He has a health condition, uh, which makes him afraid of falling. Cool. Okay. Um, hasn't really been skiing for 50 years. Um, it took it up a couple years ago. Um, you know, and he's a smaller guy and he didn't look all that strong. And so I start talking sure. to him on the lift and you know, what do you do? And he goes, well, I wakeboard and I, and I surf and I do all sure. this stuff and I'm going, wow, like, there you go. <laughs> 76 years old, you know, rocking it. Right. Yeah. So again, the thing was the same thing. His, it was all about confidence. What? tactics can he can we deliver to him so that he is can challenge himself on more hills but he has a way a thought process of if i get in trouble what do i do right sure and um again the same thing we we started out and he was he was wedge turning uh but um he had some technical skills that were actually really good like he, he knew how to turn his legs properly sure. and which, and by the end of it, we're skiing parallel. Uh, he gained a bunch of confidence. We went down some blue trails when he would only go down greens by himself. Um, so, uh, you know, those, those are the things you can do also for my instructors and myself. Those are the things we love, right? Sure. It's seeing yeah. people succeed, gain more confidence, gain a broader range of skills as hills they can go down and uh yeah so that's uh that's what fires us up and fires my team up and uh keeps us uh wanting to do this uh and me wanting to do it after a number of years <laughs> i, I can imagine say how many <laughs> <laughs> that's fine we can we can we can work with that that's cool <laughs> and it, it must be something else to get that and to go with the confidence now that's something i think is a, is is overlooked a lot i don't know if it's overlooked in um as um coaches and instructors and trainers throughout the world um recently what was it the other day maybe i don't remember where i was i might have been at gunstock who knows but I heard an instructor telling some kids, you know, they were back going back and forth and the kid was very unsure about himself. And uh, the instructor, he was kind of joshing with him, but he, he did he did explain it. He's like, you got two people who know what they're talking about saying you can do it so you could do it. So that was definitely a confidence thing with that kid. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Is that something that you think lack is lacking out in the in, in the instruction world? Or is that just a very big part of it? And people on the outside just don't just don't see it. No, I think I think that. Um... You know, so going, so I mentioned that I, um, I have been a member, an examiner for professional, uh, ski instructors America, which is the accreditation sure. body. Um, and, um, uh, so I've, I will say I've, I've drank the PSIA Kool-Aid. So just, nah. uh, <laughs> so I love it. When, love when we it. talk about a good instructor, we talk about three things. We talk about technical skills. They don't have to know how to get down the hill, right? We talk about 
teaching skills. So what's the structure of a lesson and all of those stuff. And then we talk about people skills. So if we think, if you think about the best coach, instructor, teacher, whatever you've had, and we actually do this exercise with our instructors at the beginning of the year, we say, tell us the best teacher you've ever had and why they're the best teacher. And 95% of the time, what they'll say is something that's related to people skills. They understood me. They listened to me. They whatever, right? And so really, yeah, technical skills are important. Yeah, you know, know how to structure a lesson. Teaching skills are important. But that people skills part, and that's the part where you have empathy, where you, uh, you know, you have, you, you read the person, you read their body language, you read their mood and that sort of thing. And then you key off that to build your lesson, right? Sure. And that's, so, you know, if you're going to have a good instructor, if I have a good instructor, it's a good instructor because of their people skills, right? Yeah. And that, if I'm relaxed and, and having fun and joking and with them, they're, they're relaxed and having fun and joking with them. If I'm tensed and tense and worried or stressed, they're going to be right. So that's, that's really, um, you know, that's, to me, that's, that's when we, when we think about these people who are afraid or lack confidence or, you know, that's, that's something we're reading in them. And that's something that we're bringing to them. That doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes you get people who <laughs> lack the other direction and they're sure. like, I'm going to go down here. Um, and it's like, wait, 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 <laughs> let's not, <laughs> let's not go down there quite yet. Okay. Sure. Often, uh, often sort of, uh, 13 year old boys. Uh, there you go. in that category. <laughs> you know, a little, I, little I big for their being, britches there. That's right. I, I remember being one of those. So it's like, whatever, I'll jump off of that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so that's awesome, man. And, and I agree as best as I can. I don't know how to teach. I have successfully shown one person how to ski. And I think to this day, he should probably go back and get a professional to go over his technique. And I will never teach again um, because I don't know how to do it. And that's a, it's a very, spe- I, I don't know if specialized is the right word, um, but it's, it's something that it, that, I, I don't know. I think it takes talent. Now you've, you've been around and you've seen that. Is that true or, or not? <laughs> yeah. I, I think, you know, we can teach the teaching skills. We can sure. teach the technical skills, you know, people skills. Yeah. You can. You can modify them and move them down a pathway, but if you're not, there's certain people that it fits, you know, it fits. And, and, and I think the other thing too, is there's not a cookie cutter for people skills, right? Like sure. everybody interacts in a different way. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, so I've have, I've had instructors whose background is engineering, right? And they teach okay. in a very specific way. And I've had instructors who are lawyers and they teach in a very specific way. And, you know, and so you just, um, you know, and, and so that people skills part is not just, uh, it, it's not, it's not a box, right? It's not a, like, sure. this is, I can look at you and say, Tim, you have people skills or whatever, right? I, I you, yeah. it's, it's, it, it, there's not a checklist. And mm-hmm. so, 
Um, what is really great is you get instructors with all sorts of different uh, backgrounds um, who do a fantastic job. And, you know, I, I know I had a, a head coach a long time ago and he sure. said, he said, you know, be yourself when you coach. Don't try to, don't try to, you know, this at the time I was coaching like you 14, so 12 and 13 year olds. And he was like, don't, you don't have to be their friend. You don't have to. And I always see myself when I was coaching, you know, in Denmark and stuff more as like a dad or an uncle. Right? Okay. Because the kids were, you know, these athletes are 17, 18 years old. I'm old. And so for me to <laughs> try and pretend like I'm their friend or something is just doesn't work. Right. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. So, so everybody has a different approach to delivering those people skills. Um, but you got to love it. I mean, you can't, you can't do this job unless you love the sport and you love interacting with people. And as you know, in your business, sure. you get all sorts, <laughs> right? Oh, you get all sorts, <laughs> right? And so, you know, sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's not exactly what you signed up for, but you keep going. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. You know, I, I, I do from a people skills point of view and, uh, to say, I don't know, I guess it can, well, the ski industry can be lumped into hospitality and customer yeah. service. So every so often you're going to get a customer who's a little ornery and you have to know how to oh, handle yeah. that. Um, and I can only imagine that if someone has an attitude, and again, we're not saying anything specific about anybody. It happens. You know, you come across it. The The kids like to use the term Karen these days. Um, yeah. You know, you know that that's what this what they use. It's their slang, whatever. I don't know. I can barely speak teenager anymore. I don't know what they're talking about. But anyway, the point is, um, you get these situations now. I, that can't be the majority. Like the horror stories that you have are in the minority. I would assume. The horror stories are definitely in the minority. I mean, presumably, sure. You've built. Uh, a ski school that has a good underlying operating system. Sure. You've trained your instructors. You have been clear in your communications to to the guests so they, that you're setting expectations. Awesome. And all those things should be that 99% of the time, everything's cool. Sure. You do have mistakes. Sometimes they're self-inflicted on our part, <laughs> you know, okay. sometimes we've, you know, we've messed up, yeah, uh, we've happens. misscheduled people or something. Sometimes sure. they're self-inflicted on the customer's part. Sure. Uh, we try really hard to rescue those rare situations where we have a problem. Um, and you know, that's, that's really, I think my role, you know, I always think that I have two roles, uh, two primary roles, which is guest satisfaction and, and employee satisfaction. Sure. Um, and if I achieve those, then pretty much other stuff falls into place. Um, but, but you do have the, you know, the occasional one and, yeah. uh, you know, you deal with it it is what it is. But, uh, you know, as I said, it's super rare. Um, usually if we have a bump in the road, we fix it, you know, on the fly right. and it's not a big deal. Um, and sometimes actually, Customers who you fix something for mm. turn out to be your best customers. Like they're oh, going, go. wow, these guys, you know, 
we made a mis- we booked at the wrong time. We had a customer show up the other day um, at ten o'clock. Um, they'd actually booked. They didn't know it, but they'd actually booked a lesson and then canceled it. Oh, and we were by accident. They were had shifted sure. a bunch of stuff around, and the days they were coming, whatever. Okay. And we were totally booked. Like we had no room, no flexibility. We bounced around a few things. And we actually delivered them a lesson. Wow! They look at that. they were really like thrilled uh, that we pulled it off when they realized that they had not. Um, uh, they had actually canceled the lesson they thought they'd booked. Yeah. Um, you know, those tons of stories like that um, of you know just people you know they're coming in again you know going back to the whole thing about it starts here you know primary role of king pine of our ski school is introducing people to ski and you have a situation where if you don't know anything about skiing right you're gonna i had a uh, you know there was a woman came the other day who um you know hadn't wanted to start skiing because all her friends skied Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so she comes, but they don't know how to put their boots on. They don't know how to, you know, what a ski looks like. I mean, this is yeah. this thing, right? They don't know how binding works. Where do they, where do they go to buy a ticket? Where do they go to, um, where do they go to get their lesson? Like where's ski school? Where's, you know, where do they get food? Where are the washrooms? Where, you know, all these things. Right. Yeah. And so the whole team, whether it's the ambassadors in the parking lot, the guest services, I mean, obviously we're providing all this information, but we can expect that they're mm-hmm. going to fail at some point. I mean, they're they're going to, you know, not have the right answer. I mean, that the customer themselves are not going to have the right answer, right? And they're, sure. they're going to get lost or confused or they're going to misbook a lesson or whatever. If we can rescue those times when the customer themselves have shown up five minutes before a lesson to get their rentals, for example, yeah, uh, if we can rescue those, mm-hmm. That's when they go, hey, well, these guys actually care what uh, what we do. So Absolutely, man. That's fantastic. And it, it shows at King Pine. Again, we're talking King Pine. Um, I've just walking around that day and skiing, I saw so many different um, employees with did different facets. Doesn't matter what they were doing, tickets, lessons, whatever, man. All working well. Like some some great customer service and you know, people who are clearly capable and willing, which is the best part, not just capable, but willing to rescue those few that do get lost in the fray. You know, I take it for granted now. God, I've been doing this for so long. I could go to a mountain I've never been to. I can find the ticket window. I can find the lifts. I can find everything I could ever need, but then I do it all the time. You don't remember what kind of daunting process coming in and landing on the ground is. Yeah, and if you can get built those skills now, when they go to somewhere bigger, that's got to be so much easier yeah. then. But it is like I mean, it, you think if if you think, you know, take a sport or an activity that you never do, right? Sure. And and skiing is skiing or boarding is a pretty complex activity, right? Like hmm. it's not it's not just uh, going to a movie theater, right? Like there's yeah, totally. a lot of stuff that has to happen. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it, I. I think it is amazing that people come up from Boston or wherever who've never skied before and commit a weekend, a whole weekend, you know, a Mm -hmm. three-day weekend of their time to try this thing out. 
Yeah. Right? Like, I, it's it's a pretty big, you know, commitment they're making for something they have no idea about. And um, I think it's fantastic. I mean, that's, uh, that's I, I think those guys are great. And that's what we should be, uh, uh, you know, that hopefully that's what we're, we're doing. I have to say the other thing at King Pine, I think it reflects on what you experienced is mm-hmm. of all the places I've worked, there is almost no friction between departments. And that is unusual for a ski that, area. Because, that's unusual for any industry. Yeah. I, I, that's the other thing. I, I love working there because, you know, I go to operations, I ask for something and it's like, yeah, whatever. And I go to guest services. Yeah. How do we help? Right. Um, and I think that reflects in the customer experience. I, I, I can only imagine that that's excellent. Um, you actually, before I was, I do have a, we're going to go in a direction, but before we go there, let's, um, just real quick, something I noticed and was talking about, I talked to Thomas Prindle about it. I've talked to a few people. What's it like to be the new person? Because everybody I talked to there had been there for 15, 20, 25, yeah. 35. They're the son of someone who's been 35. They're the granddaughter of someone yeah. who's been there for uh-huh. 45. What's it like to be the new guy, man, in a family environment like this? Well, I I guess I, I, guess I get that. I get freedom to make a lot of mistakes. No, nice. I, know. I, I, you know, I, like I think, I think that again, the nice thing is that they've embraced that I have experience from elsewhere and they've, you know, listened and, um, I think accepted, um, some of that input and, and in, in a very positive way. Um, sure. uh, so I, I guess I feel a, uh, sort of commitment to them that I'm being effective, that I'm doing the right thing. Like it, it's, there's a tradition there, right? And it's not, I'm not working for a corporation. Like I'm not working totally. for, you know, I, I have worked for one of the big ones. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, totally. uh, and, um, you know, th- this is, this is more important in a way because it is a family business. And so I don't want to screw up, right? Like I, it's really, um, I feel a responsibility um, that maybe you don't feel if you work for a big corporation. So I, I, I really, I really like it. I've been really lucky. It's uh, uh, my family and I wanted a place to um, hang our hats and ski, and um, we're totally happy. My daughter's in the race program there, and uh, we're totally happy. And that's what I like to hear. And and it is something, you know, it is a family. It is a community-based uh, ski hill. And people have said, anybody I was talking to, like, yeah, even though I haven't been here for 35 years or 25 years or even 15, the second I stepped on here, they've all accepted me. And they say, well, okay, you haven't been here as long as this, but you're now us. And I think mm. that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And that's not just for employees. That's for the guests as well. Yeah. Yes. Now... For the uh for the direction we were gonna go in, I just wanted to get that out there. And we just want to see what what we really have to offer here. Now you were saying, you know, it's so great when someone can come up from the city, make a you know, a whole weekend commitment. That is anybody. Like I'm looking at the website over here. We have beginner lessons, children's lessons, private lessons, and then adaptive lessons, which we'll get into mm-hmm. um just for a minute because I'm a I'm fascinated by adaptive right. sports, but it really does cover anyone. Anyone who wants to come up, doesn't matter the skill level, can come to you and your team and be like, teach me something. Yeah. And I think we're going to expand that next year. This year was really just uh, 
sort of getting the bus going, you know, maybe in the right direction and maybe a little bit more efficiently. Um, sure. Uh, next year, uh, I think we are going to see uh, some uh, women-specific programs. Uh, okay. We're going to see, I'd like to do, only because of my own personal passion, <laughs> I'd like to yeah. do some um, uh, some uh, adult learn-to-race camps. Um, oh, cool. You know, uh, I think, I you know, take people who maybe see that, you know, beer league race going on and wonder if they could do it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, do some, some sort of camp for them. I've got some other ideas of things we'd like to do. We're going to expand our, um, we're going to be quite aggressive in hiring, uh, a lot of, uh, sort of 14, 15, 16 year olds next year, which allows us to build out, uh, bigger programs for the sort of you, uh, under five, five and under, uh, sure. crew. Um, so there's a bunch of things we can do to up our game as well and expand that already sort of broad palette of, um, of, uh, lesson types. Um, but that's, you know, there, yeah, I think right now, um, you know, we've got a lot to offer, but I think sure. there's tons of potential there and uh, continue to expand it. And I guess one of the things I, you know, I, we are a place where people come to learn to ski. Sure. But I think we're also a place where you can become an excellent skier. We have lots of different terrain, uh, lots of different, um, you know, opportunities. Uh, and um, I, I don't think people should think it sort of uh, one season and done type of approach. I think this is a place that you can actually hang your hat at and become a fantastic skier. Oh, absolutely. I would agree. It's got just enough of everything to really get you, you know, you can really cut your teeth on some different stuff from, like we said, the steeps, you got trees, you got whatever you need. Yeah. Um, and it works out really well um, there. And again, like Sean was saying earlier, he, in the episode, he said, you know, he was there a day that there was great grandparents, grandparents, parents, and kids. So you're not wrong. When people co go there, they stay there. Right. And that, that says tons about a ski area and the idea that you don't need to be one of these giant super resorts yeah just dude come ski that's the fun and in fact you might actually get more skiing vertical skiing in at a small place than you might at a big place oh totally you know absolutely uh, less lines and tons yeah. of laps yeah tons of laps so it's it, it, you know i think i think we sometimes should play our our message yeah, it all starts here, but it could continue for the whole, your whole skiing career. So it, it, it totally could. And it's, it's amazing. In fact, when we were talking about tons of laps, that's not just live served. Like I, I saw a guy there that day, he was doing two laps to my one and I was using the chair and he was going uphill. Wow. Yeah. That guy was an animal. <laughs> yeah. I, that's uh, more than I'll, I'll be able to do. Um, sure. But yeah. We have two uphill trails. Um, which is great. Uh, they're becoming really popular every day that I'm there. There's people skinning up and, uh, then you have access to the whole hill. There's a, uh, human powered season pass, which, um, uh, I think is $69 or something. Um, something like so that. yeah. So, um, you know, that it's definitely there. We have a big backcountry festival that we host in, uh, at the end of March, the last yep. weekend in March, um, um, 
you know, so there's, there's, that is definitely a growing segment of the, of the market. Now, is that something also, like you said, there's a ton of potential to teach all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. Like you, you have this uh, vision to build a school that could be reckoned with like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all comers come try and contend with King Pine. Like I dare you. Yeah. Uh, touring in uphills, that's something you want to add to, or is that just not worth it? Cause I, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I think that's one of those things that, um, I want to, I would want to hire the right person to do that. Um, sure. you know, and it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like park stuff. I, you know, that's, I'm on the search for, a uh, a really, uh, strong sort of park candidate. Uh, cause I'd love to, again, along with learn to race, I'd love to do for an adult group, uh, learn to learn to ride the park, you know, and, and I think so cool. there's, yeah, I've done it. I've actually been lucky enough in previous roles to have instructors mm-hmm. who are park experts and have nice. taught me how to ride the park. Um, I don't do it very often, mostly because I don't like wrecking my skis, but anyway, there you go. Um, <laughs> I get it. I get it. 100% so, get it. Uh, if I can borrow somebody's skis, I'll do it. Um, nice. but, but yes, well, you know, um, I love it. I love it. Uh, but you know, I think there's, there's, uh, you know, these are the types of things. If we can, uh, we start to build a reputation as a really strong ski school, it allows us to attract, uh, stronger candidates to our ski school. Um, sure. and we can start to continue to fill in the sort of growing, but I'll call it marginal, you know, they're not a huge part of the, the business, but these growing segments uh, of, of potential interest. And I think for sure at King Pine, the whole, um, you know, sort of up, uphill community is really, uh, you can see it every day. Like I, I see tons of uphill and, and I think it's an appropriate uphill mountain in the way that, you know, you get some satisfaction after, you know, climbing up for 10 minutes that you get to come down or whatever it is that takes them. Obviously, yeah, that yeah. guy is a little faster than, than oh, that. Oh, dude was an animal. Yeah, I, I saw a guy the other day with his towing his daughter up in a in a sled uh, uphill, and I was like, "Wow, okay, there you go." <laughs> Stay in shape the best that you can. The yeah. second you stop using the body is when it turns on you. Ask yeah. Klaus Obermeyer been skiing yeah. for a hundred years, literally. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even like to get out of bed in the morning. That is fantastic. So much potential. And before I let you go, I do want to see, um, and this is, uh, like I said, adaptive sports. Now that's under the mm-hmm. lessons category here too. And I've, you know, shout outs to Vermont adaptive skiing sport in Vermont, here in Vermont, you know, wonderful job. I got mm-hmm. to spend a day down at Sunapee with uh, Nessa, the new England healing sports association also. And at King pine, I don't know how much of this you have to deal with, but I'm sure you do. Uh, granite state adaptive is there doing stuff. Yes. Yes. So what do you got uh, going on there? um, They operate, they're a registered nonprofit. They operate out of our ski school operations. Um, They provide adaptives, uh, I would say, mostly um, sort of uh, learning uh, challenges. uh, uh, And, uh, you know, it's great to have them partnered because, like, for example, when we do a lot of school groups, uh, they can step in and, and, uh, help us out. I've worked with, um, at other locations, uh, other places that I've worked, I've had really, you know, large adaptive programs. I've actually worked, I actually volunteered with like special Olympics at some point. Uh, nice. and it's, um, it's really, again, it's the same thing as any other person, right? Mm-hmm. Whether 
you know, you want them to come in to build their confidence, you know, obviously be safe, build their confidence. Sure. See them have fun, see them want to do it again. Right. Yeah. Like that's it. (laughs) Right. Totally. And it doesn't really matter how you're sliding down snow. Right. Like it, right. Like at the end of the day, I, I, I tell my instructors this at the end of the day, people who come say, I want to ski. I've never skied before. I want to ski. Yeah. Once they've slid down a hill, doesn't matter what it looks like, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter how well they do. They have skied, right? Yep. They have achieved mm-hmm. that. So, so whether you do it on, you know, one leg or two legs or whether your cognitive, you know, functioning isn't the same as mine, mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. If you leave, you have a smile on your face, you know, the job's done. So I think Grand State Adaptive does does a great job. Um, you know, I think they've they uh, sort of rebuilding again after sort of COVID, um, which sort of sure. shut down a lot of that sort of activity. Um, but uh, Heidi, who runs it, is uh, is fantastic, and uh, they, as I said, they sort of partner with us. In fact, some of their people come to when I do instructor training, uh, voluntary training for instructors. They come and join us. So it's awesome. Uh, cool cool Man, connection you the king pine is where it's at obviously everybody has the vision i love chris's style what he has to say i'm thinking about going to take a few lessons from him um i remember you saying during the media event you were like one of the beauty parts about your position is you get to cherry pick the lessons you want <laughs> yeah and i hope when my name comes up that's the one you want nice um it might I'm a, I'm a lot of fun to have be around. I think I don't know. Maybe I'm just yeah. arrogant and narcissistic. You have to know. you have to wear your bright yellow vest again. That way, oh, dude, every day, <laughs> every day except yesterday, I still have to do laundry, and that thing took a whooping. <laughs> fun is fun, but gr- gross is gross. So you know what I'm saying, man. Yeah. That is awesome, Chris. You have a you a vision to take a, a, a and just build this amazing school at a really cool hill. I again, I said it was one of my top five experiences. I loved King Pine, little place in the middle of nowhere. Sure, Conway's right there, so Wildcats up the road and Cranmore's up the road and and whatever else. But man, check out King Pine; it's awesome. Kingpine.com. Anything else you want to get into before we get out of here? No, uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Tim, for um, having me uh, rattle on for whatever it is, half an hour or whatever, and um, and awesome, yeah, man. definitely come back sometime and we'll uh uh our double black diamonds are going to be open uh this week and uh so we'll uh we'll go we'll make some turns on the double black diamonds together and we'll see if we can uh build your confidence (laughs) absolutely we'll build up the confidence and we'll tear down the rest of the knee i like that awesome (laughs) chris thank (laughs) thank you very much for doing this man it was very interesting a lot of fun thank you no worries uh really appreciate it excellent And there you have it, my friends. Two interviews, one mountain. That's what I do. I try to be as efficient as possible. And this just kind of worked out. As we said, they were recorded at two different times because Chris was busy the day I was there. So we weren't able to record that day. But we got it done with a video call. And voila, here it is. Thank you to both Sean Taylor and Chris Setchell for their time. Really awesome. Really interesting. Thank you to King Pine Ski Area out there in Madison, New Hampshire. 
as well as Thomas Prindle. He's the uh, director of marketing out there for King Pine and Purity Spring and Danforth Bay Camping and RV Resort and Purity Spring Resort. Um, thank you to all of those guys. Head over to kingpine.com to check out King Pine and you'll get all the things you need, all the information, as we said to Chris, uh, you need for lessons and, and booking those lessons and all that, rentals, lodging, uh, Purity Spring Resort will help you with lodging as well. All right there, like I said, contained into one place. It's very awesome. They will get you set up, kingpine.com and purityspring.com and danforthbay.com for when the camping and RV resort is open. Again, thank you to all of them. I stayed at the Purity Spring Resort, obviously. I skied at King Pine, and I love the place. Check it out if you are in the area. Also, don't forget they are Indie Pass Allied. Indie Allied. You know the Indie Allied resorts if you have an Indie Pass. I do. That'll get you a break on your tickets midweek and on the weekend, so don't forget to bring that up at the ticket window. Also, I want to shout out to Kathy Bennett of Kathy Bennett Marketing, who was very instrumental in all this happening. Put this big old media trip together and it was great one of the best media experiences i've ever had one of the best times i've had this season it was awesome so shout out to kathy bennett very nice woman knows her stuff and made this very easy not only here but at gunstock and speaking of which next week will be tom day gunstock's gm on the podcast so don't forget to return stay tuned or whatever to check that one out next week when you are ready and you could also check the episodes out early now my episode come out on Wednesdays typically but you can go to Patreon and you can check out the episodes that Sunday if you are a Patreon subscriber. Patreon subscribers get early access with no ads. That's right. I mean, if you like my ad read, you could always come back on Wednesday to listen to me talk about Whaleback and St. Skis and Snowboards. But if you don't want to listen to the ad read, go ahead to Patreon, get in on the dollar tier or one of the higher tiers, and there's no more ads. Plus, over on Patreon, I'm about to launch a new program program a new audio-only program called The Darker Side of Ski Rex Media, a program that, yeah, it's me with the same humor, the same likability, I hope, the same everything. So these are going to be more solo commentary episodes peppered with a bit more bad language, maybe a little bit more negativity and attitude, but I think you'll get a kick out of it. If, if nothing else, I hope it's entertaining, and I hope you enjoy it. So head over to patreon.com slash media. Check that out. There is, of course, links in the description Right? Right. I think that's everything we have. As I've said, go ahead and check out King Pine. Links are in uh, King Pine Ski Area. Links are in the description, the show notes. Kingpine.com, PuritySpring.com, DanforthBay.com. Check them out. Say hello. Tell them you heard about them on Ski Rex Media and the Ski Rex Media podcast. They'll get a kick out of that as well. Head to SkiRexMedia.com, which is in the middle of a transition, changing hosts, changing the style and design of the pages, changing all of that. Check out the written stuff. There is some written stuff there, and I hope there's going to be more. And there is going to be more from Ski Rex Media announced in the coming uh, weeks. And I think that's it for this time. Uh, it for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm tongue-tied today, aren't I? That's it for this episode, everyone. I do hope you enjoyed it. Thank you again to everyone at King Pine, Kathy Bennett, and all the folks that we skied and ride with that were part of the media trip. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Right? Right. I hope you're having a great season. I hope you survived the super uh, deep cold that came out on the 3rd of February. The third and fourth, that brutal, brutal zero degree and less cold where mountains were closing down. I hope you did okay with that. If you got out there, I hope you played safe and continue to play safe throughout the season. 
I will see you out there, everyone, later.